Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Welcome back, Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. We'll take you up until 3 o'clock and take you into your weekend. Right now, time to bring in Wolfgang. And our man Wolfgang, uh, I'll tell you, Iowa, they're over in Europe playing a little bit of hoops. And my first question, Wolfgang, so is it going to be one and done for Luca Garza? Or are we talking about the top <laughs> pick in the NBA draft? Where are we going here? You know what? He looks good. I think we all thought he was going to be good. Um, I think I told you, just seeing some of his, and you can read in too much into some of this stuff, but you can kind of tell the guys that are confident when they're talking to the uh, to the journalists and stuff like that. And he just had no problem answering any questions. He knows his game. I think he knows what he's good at, what he's not good at. Um, if you've watched the game, I mean, he literally has, he doesn't literally, literally has meaning, so he doesn't literally have it. But he's, he's got, you know, cement, cement blocks for feet. He can't, he can't jump at all, but he's great at body position. He just hit all seven of his free throws. So now you've got a guy that if he does get fouled, we're going to, I mean, he's going to probably be in the 70%, uh, in the 70s in free throws, I would think. Um, good body movement. It'll be interesting when there's a guy between him and the basket, if he's going to get his stuff blocked a lot. You know what I mean? Like, like Woody or whatever. So he's going to have to work on his, on, on his footwork on some of that stuff. But I, I don't remember just watching some of our big guys. I don't remember a lot of our big guys having these kind of moves and softness to be able to go to the left or right. Um, I just don't remember this. I, I used to get so angry. I'm not, you know, playing mismatches and stuff like that. But I, I, there, I think there's so many mismatches that can be had. And I mean, he looks, Freaking good. He looks absolutely good. He airballed a couple three-pointers, so that might not, you know, we might be a little early on him shooting three-pointers, although we know he can do it. And if the, the other team's big guy has to come out and at least respect Garza, uh, that opens up for everybody else. We don't really have too many slashers um, other than Moss. So, I mean, and that helps big time when a big guy can shoot like that. And even if it's not a three-point shot, he's shooting. So he obviously could shoot the 15-foot free throw. Um so we'll we'll see, um, but yeah, no, one and done, absolutely not. I don't think he has. I know you're kidding. The athleticism for that, but he he's going to be around, and he's going to be maybe more um, of a value add than I thought. He looks to be a guy that's going to be able to come in right away and challenge for minutes. And our summer conversation, Wolfgang, was a lot about you know finding spots for these guys, who's going to work where. Uh, what we're going to be able to kind of delve into with that area. And, and I'll tell you, Wolfgang, now as I look at it and I go through it, I don't think we gave Garza enough minutes. I don't know if we gave him uh, enough props for what he is. The, the depth, we knew it was going to be there, and maybe even it's a, a little bit more crazy. That's impressive. In 11 minutes to be able to do what he did there, you just don't see it. 11 minutes, he goes 8-12 to 12 from the floor, 7-7 to 7 from the free throw line, like you mentioned. 24 points in 11 minutes. That's ridiculous. I completely missed the 11 minutes. Yes. I didn't know it was that few. That's ridiculous. Okay, so you got 8 of 12 here. You got 1 of 2 from three-point range, so there you go. He's, his two that he airballed in the first game, he came back and hit 50%, 1 of 2 for a 6-11 guy. Then he hits all seven of his free throws. I, I did not even see the 11 minutes. That is insane. That's absolutely insane, and he looks like he's 
just Fran said something about him. He this is what he loves about it. Garza is always in the right place. It seems like he's just the ball is like a magnet to him on the rebounding on the rebounding side. I don't. I think he could really help there. And then obviously we want to see what kind of defense he can bring because uh, if the team does not get better defensively from last year, and I think that's where they will make a, a jump. Watching that first game and hearing Fran, Fran was really getting into him on defense, on pick-and-roll type stuff, on how to handle that, uh, be ready for help defense down low and stuff like that. He was really, really focusing on it, and I loved it. One, at one point, the commentator uh, said something about, well, Fran's really uh, yelling his butt off here or something like that. I thought it was, what do you think of that guy? I, I kind of liked him. He wasn't very smooth, but that dude did some homework, man. He, did. he brought up some stuff I didn't even know about, and he says he's not even a college basketball fan. I can't imagine how many interviews he did with the players. He's bringing up stuff that I'm not sure I knew about. I thought, you know, fine, he wasn't fluid and he wasn't smooth, but he, I thought he did a good job with his homework, and that's all I ask. You don't need to be, you know, smooth as I'll get out. But I was impressed with that guy. Did you like him at all or no? Well, the thing is, at first, when I first flipped it on, well, I had it on without the sound because I was here in the studio, and then afterwards I, I was listening to the sound, and at first I'm like, I was wondering if it was like a um, you know a student SID, if it was yeah. somebody that knew the team right away because you're right. I mean, he was throwing out anecdotes. I'm like, well, a random guy in Germany wouldn't know things like that. And you listen a little closer, and you say, hey, you can hear a little bit of that German, and oh, well, maybe it was. I thought he did a great job. I, the homework, you're right. He was spot on. Uh, I loved a couple of times he'd be throwing in you know, old uh, old NBA guys and doing you know talking about them and, and uh, putting it together with the Iowa players. I thought he was awesome, and uh, I was disappointed we didn't get to see the 69 point domination against the Swiss team yesterday. But no, that was cool. I, I thought that was really good, and the guy did an excellent job. My favorite part of the game, well, two, the uh, number ten for the German team on Tuesday. I got, uh, I don't know, probably a dozen texts from my buddies and different people saying, hey, it looks like you out there, Condon. And I said, shut up, <laughs> the squatty guy out there. He was awesome. Yeah. But my second favorite part, though, was the coach for the German team just wearing jeans, looking like he was heading out to the discotheque <laughs> after the game. I love that. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, but because we don't know these guys, but some of them played, you know, Obviously, pro, and the, the guy you're talking about, didn't he play 20 years, 21 years, I think they said? Mm-hmm. He had a weird, did you see that little weird left hook he made? I'm like, was that luck, or can you really do that on a normal basis? I didn't know what the heck that was. But uh, as far as the commentator, yeah, he was just bringing up stuff about everybody. He, I remember you were talking about some of the old-time stuff that, that he was bringing up. He brought up McHale. He brought up Bird in terms of um, my boy Bear. He kept saying uh Bear, the American with the German name, Bear. He kept bringing that up. He's cracking me up. But he was, he was bringing up Bird, and he brought up all the statistics, how he fills the stat sheet. Now he was one of only two, three players last year that, that had that stat sheet and just flat out does everything. Um, and you could tell he loved Bear. You could just tell. Yes, yeah, he he did, and, and Bear played. He did Nicholas Bear things, and, and he's always going to do that. So the question, after what we saw last year, him coming off the bench, does Nicholas Bear, he'll play starter minutes regardless. Do you put him in the starting lineup, or because you might need a little bit of scoring punch out of that second unit, do you have him be that first guy coming off the bench? What are you doing with Nicholas Bear this year? I think you don't screw with something that has worked. He obviously is a team guy and doesn't care about that. I, I can't imagine that he's you know talking on the phone with his dad going, can you believe that they're not starting me? I, I just have trouble believing that. He seems like literally the elite teammate. 
um, that does anything and do all the dirty work. I can't imagine he cares about starting. I'm sure he wants minutes, obviously. Who wouldn't? I don't understand the people that get mad when somebody's playing three minutes a game and transfers. I, I don't get that. I mean, the goal is you want to play. If you go to a college, you want to actually get on the court and play. Obviously, sometimes you have to wait your turn. But, um, no, Bear, I love the kid. Would I start him? I, I don't think I would. I think I've actually found out a way for the minutes to happen. And what Fran has done, he's just sits four guys again. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's been doing. He's been sitting four guys, yes. which is a little weird. I don't know if I agree with it or not because he's getting guys more time to see what they can do, and I get that, mm-hmm. but that's not the way it's going to work during the season. They're not going to get that many minutes, and some guys need more minutes in order to get into the flow of the game. So I don't know. I'd like to see for one of the games, maybe let's see what we're actually going to see this year in Big Ten play. I know it's too early to say, you know, who deserves what minutes, but he's got to maybe try it right now and, and see who are the guys that are going to play more minutes and who, who are not. I don't know. I see both sides of it. What would you do if you were coach right now and you and you were on this foreign trip? Would you do it the way he's doing it, sitting four guys? But because he's not going to do that in Big Ten play, yeah. there are four guys that are going to sit one game and then get the majority minutes the next game. I mean, you have to be able to know your role and be able to do it. Um, you know, Christian Williams is not going to start and play big time minutes. He needs to learn how to make have an effect on the game and on in, in Big Ten play with the minutes he's getting the short amount of minutes he's getting. He's not going to get, you know, I guess he didn't get go crazy in minutes. Do you have any idea what he had last last game? Uh, I'm trying to look here. Uh, Who are you looking so. for? Um, Christian Williams. How many Williams 21. He, he played 21 minutes. See, that's, that's going to be nothing, you know, and his stat line doesn't look too bad at all, but he's not yep. getting anywhere near 21 minutes. So, you know, maybe he does get more minutes because he got into the flow of the game, but that's mm-hmm. not going to happen during the regular season, Trent. No, it's not. It, it, Taking this a step further, this is crazy. This is completely out of the box. I understand that. This has never been done before. Well, I guess it's done a little bit in the NBA, but stay with me for a moment, Wolfgang, okay? Mm -hmm. What if you make a determination, you lay it out, and you find rest for a guy a game? Now, you're not going to do it with your top-level guys. You're not doing it with Bohannon. You're not doing it with Tyler Cook, but... From You're not doing it with Nicholas Bear and probably Isaiah Moss because of position uh, that he plays. But with those up-front guys from all the way down, Nunji, Ahmad Wagner, Dom Ewell, Luca Garza, you know, that group of guys that are fighting for so few minutes, what if you come up with a way where you say this guy is going to have this game off? It's only going to be once every three weeks, but keep him fresh keep them involved, be able to distribute the minutes to guys that you're very effective, you're very, uh, are important to your team, but knowing, you know what, in this date, January 13th, you're playing, I don't know, you're playing Minnesota, and that's the game that Luka Garza isn't going to play. But we're going to have minutes for these other. I know it's crazy, I, and if, there's highly doubtful something like that would work, but because it's so difficult, keep guys fresh, you know how they wear down as the season goes along, Maybe that's something to look at for Fran because of the depth of this team. Or, yes, I understand what you're saying there. Or you play matchups. You figure out, obviously, we don't, we, we don't, we don't scout at the Big Ten as much as I was coaches. I can't wait until the preseason magazines come out and refreshes by memory on who everybody has um, and stuff like that. But maybe you, there are guys that 
sorry, you trying to guard this guy is not going to work. Mm-hmm. You don't have the lateral quickness to guard this guy or whatever. Or this game, you're much bigger than this guy. We're going to post you up. It's just I haven't seen enough mismatch um, offense out of Fran, like like we saw out of Hoiberg, like you, see, you used to see out of Bo Ryan or other coaches like that. I would like to see more mismatch uh, minutes played. So you scout the other team like a mother, and you find out, and you just go, we got a lot of guys, and maybe you're right. Yeah, one one of you is going to have to sit out, and this is not a permanent thing. This is not a permanent thing. We just like the matchup with with somebody else better than we do, and that doesn't mean we like so and so better than you. But right now, I think that, and I don't think that's mean. I don't think that's yeah. critical. That's what that's what sports are all about. That's that's football. That's that's boxing. That's you know UFC. That's uh, everything. There's nothing. There's a sport alive that isn't about matchups. So I would like to see Iowa play way more matchups than they do. Go down into the post because we've got guys down there that can go to either hand and are fluent with their back to the basket, which is just gets me going because I have not seen a lot of that under the front era. And we've got we've got guys that can do it. So watching Connor McCaffrey in the game Tuesday, we know that the plan is for him redshirt this season in basketball, concentrate on baseball, and then be ready to go after that. I want Connor McCaffrey to be a part of this team. I want Connor McCaffrey to play this season for Iowa basketball. As much as I like Christian Williams defensively, I've said it throughout. You want to throw him out. I'm not quite there. I think that he's just miscast as a point guard. Him as the backup at the wing, him and Ellingson that are backing up Isaiah Moss, I like that. But you don't really have a backup point guard on this roster. Connor McCaffrey can do that. Boy, for eight minutes a game, I think he would be ultra, ultra important. He'd be able to be good out there. That's what I want to see. And do you think there's any wiggle room? We, we understand what the plan is. The plan is that he is, yes, he's going to sit out this year. Do you mm-hmm. think that's set in stone? Now, I, I think it's so crazy that you brought this up. It's like you're in my brain. I was very impressed with Connor McCaffrey. I didn't think he looked way more athletic than I thought he was going to be. His handle is great. I already knew when he gets the rebound, and he's looking down court all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the time he's looking down court, which makes up for he's you know he's not a hundred, he's not a four four guy. But his athleticism was better than I thought. We know he could shoot free throws. We know he could shoot three pointers. That may not happen your true freshman year. I don't count on true freshmen coming in and hitting three pointers. I just don't. But I yes, I'm surprised there has not been more talk on the message boards or on Twitter. About he looked good to me. I totally agree with you, and I'm like, man, I want this guy to play this year. We're thinking the same way. That is a scary, scary thought, Wolfgang. <laughs> I'm sorry to ruin your day. I really am. <laughs> well, with that, hoops wise, you got anything else you want to hit hoops? We got Iowa's uh, kids' day practice coming up tomorrow. I want to talk some football with you, but basketball wise, before we turn the page, anything else rattling around in that crazy brain of yours? Well, you was a youth that was thinking, you know, it's either Isaiah Moss or probably Williams, we're thinking, is the key to this team. Isaiah Moss, he's a very interesting player because he, and I can't prove this, and I, you know, I, there's no way I'm going to go back and watch every single game, but it's, he's explosive in short bursts. And then he kind of, what happened to him? You know what I mean? And then he, whoa, he's, holy cow, very explosive, and then what happened to him? So, I mean, if he can become more consistent, more on the, in the terms of the explosiveness, because he is really one guy that not, we don't really have on the team. Um, 
And if he's hitting five three-pointers like he did the first game, and they're going to have to come out and respect that, uh, he shot better. Didn't he shoot 36 37% from three-point last year? He did. Which yep. I was yep. I was not expecting that at all. He did. He shot it, and he's been shooting it well. I think it's important for Moss, though. We've talked about this, too. Not settling for jump shots. Use that ability, his ability to go to the rim. You know, just do that a little bit more. And also do the other things. You know, be out there. Be a distributor at times. Be a rebounder. He's a guy that likes his shots. You know, he, he, he hunts a little bit out there. He's got to be more than just a scorer for this team. That's great, and they're going to need that part of his game. But expand the game. Be more than just one thing. Do a little bit more. I think that's important for Moss this season. And I, I don't. I didn't. Did Wagner do anything in the two games? Uh didn't. Only played three minutes in the first uh, in the game yesterday against Switzerland. That's all that he played in that one. Uh, the other one. Let me bring up the box score here for uh, the the game against the German team. Uh, that one played eighteen minutes. Had five rebounds, four assists. And that's another thing. You know, Wagner, he's a pretty good passer for a big guy. And we've talked about him, you know, can he play the small forward position, you know, steal three, four minutes a half, do something like that. I believe he can, not really with the shooting ability, but with the other things, and I think defensively he can keep up there. But he's a pretty good passer for a guy, you know, a bigger guy, let's say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Craner, I don't know if you saw that move. Was it just, yeah, it was a highlight from uh... – from the second game, I yeah. believe. Did you see that? And I don't know. I can't remember if he was talking about Kevin McHale during that game. He was, but that was the Kevin. That was unbelievable. That move was so good. And you heard the, the crowd like ooh and ah about that. I'm telling you, that kid. And you've got him, I think, slotted at 14 before the season. And now we're trying to figure out what to do now. And again, Cook. We don't even talk about Cook. Cook's absolutely awesome. But mm-hmm. I would say we have to stop talking about the leaving early for the NBA. Okay, I, I, <laughs> okay. I don't even think that's close. happening he's got upside NBA loves upside now there are a lot of people that said Ricky Davis why is he leaving early and he was a first round pick they love upside that was 20 years ago same is true today with his athleticism and improve offensive game and one thing go back to last year and Tyler Cook as the season went on you'll see that him his footwork really improved in the post where it was Mm -hmm. early on all he did was go out there and try to overpower people, you know, try to go through people and use that athleticism. And as the season rolled through, you go through it and look at what he did. Let's see here. Looking back at his last seven games of the regular season. But numbers were very good. Had double digits in four of those six. The other two he had nine and eight points. But more importantly, I, I thunk, you think you see a development of those post moves, understanding what it takes I still think he's got another big step forward this year. Last year he put up, uh, let's see here, let me bring up his stats from last season. Mm-hmm. He averaged 12.3 points per game, 5.3 rebounds. I think he can average 15 a game pretty easily this year. Uh, now, minutes-wise, is he going to get the 27, 28 minutes to get there? That is a question mark, but I think the ability absolutely is there. The improvements that we saw out of that footwork – I still think there's a ton of upside there just for the season for Tyler Cook. Okay, and you may be right. Like, if he comes in and we're seeing crazy footwork and he's got more than just one move because he's explosive, mm-hmm. he'll just go over you and dunk. And a lot of that is just physicality, and he's physically gifted, and I get that. But, yeah, you're right. If he starts going, you know, uh, get, getting some of these post moves that a lot of the – that Creener has, that um, – that who else? That uh, 
that Garza has. Who else is good in the post? Oh, even Nunge. I mean, Nunge we saw in the PTL. We saw some of those moves. Those were those were sick. You don't expect that from a true freshman coming in. If he gets some of that to go along with the explosive vertical leap and power, then you, you might be right. You might be right. I, I haven't seen enough of his, you know, down low moves yet, back to the basket stuff, because he's not going to be, you know, I just don't think he's ever going to be a good shooter from the line and or a guy that you have to worry about shooting out to 16 feet. I just, He could be. I hope I'm wrong. But it, the ball does, still doesn't look good in his hands. And that's not a good sign. Doesn't mean he can't hit in the seventies from free throw range this year. But I think you looked it up last year, and he was what forty six percent from the line or something like that. That's and, and that that's going to take a big. I see he was two at two last game. That's that's a nice start. We'll take it. Um, but yeah, he's obviously got to hit his free throws more. Penzel's got to hit his free throws more. Now, see, I think Penzel can hit free throws. I can see it in his hand. I can see it. It's there. I've heard Bobby Hansen's worked with him. Um, if he isn't in the 70s, there's something wrong because the shot is there. He should be able to make that. And if we get our big guys hitting free throws and that goes up big and it looks like we can count on Garza, then these, these pundits, these head mucky mucks or, or whatever, um, they're going to be wrong. I just don't understand how they don't think we're going to make the NCAA tournament. I don't I, see it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I would think that would be a shocker here if Iowa – is not an NCAA tournament team, short of you know something crazy happening injury-wise. Uh, to answer your question about Tyler Cook from the free throw line last year, 59.8%, so just shy of 60 Okay, that was actually better than I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. he gets that up to you know, two-thirds, 67%. You're in good shape, and he's not an automatic hack-a-shack, you know, late in games, things like that. I think it's going to be fun. This is going to be a very fun team. One thing, uh, Jack Dungey, though he was the MVP of the PTL, Still struggling to shoot the ball from the outside. Didn't shoot it very well in the PTL. Didn't shoot it very well here in the in the two games that have happened over in Europe. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Because we heard and you see the highlights from him in high school. He could absolutely fill it up from the outside. Pressing a little bit when he's out there. Maybe not quite that shooter yet. He's a guy that can knock down an open one, but that's it. And is, is forcing a little bit from the outside. Any concerns with Nunji and what he's doing from three-point range? Um, no, because I kind of expected it. Just like I said, I don't expect true freshmen to come in and, and really be very good from the three-point line. I mean, Bohan, and that was just insane when he did. But I, I don't expect that from Nunes this year. Um, maybe I'll be wrong if, if we actually get that out of him. Um, and I see the Utah comparison. I understand what people were talking about, but you cut Utah shot it out to 25 feet. Mm-hmm. It was just an absolute gorgeous, gorgeous shot. Not saying Nunji can't get there. But it's not going to be this year, and I wouldn't count on him for three-pointers this year. Um, if it is, it's just an added bonus, I think. With that, Wolfgang, we're taking a break. When we come back on the other side, you want to talk some football with me, my man? Absolutely. All right. We're going to talk Iowa football. We're going to talk NFL football. And does Wolfgang have an NFL team? <laughs> Got him to come to the dark side. We'll talk about that next year as we roll through Wolfgang in for the full hour. Jimmy B and TC here on the Big Talker 1700. Back at it once again here on the Big Talker 1700. Your home for the only live and local sports radio over your lunch hour, Jimmy B and TC. So, uh, Wolfgang, we talked a lot of basketball in our first segment today. Here, I want to turn the attention over to football. So, I'm going to leave it up to you. You're the guest here. You want to start NFL? You want to start college football today? Let's go with Tad NFL. Um, yeah, let's go with Tad NFL. Because I, uh, I watched the Bears, 
And some people are saying uh, preseason doesn't matter at all. It's absolutely nothing. But you watched Trubisky, and they caught a lot of flack for getting him. With the, It was the second overall pick, right? Yeah, they moved up. They had the number three pick. They moved up, gave a, a couple of third-round picks away, and the pick right afterwards to the 49ers. Uh, just to move up one slot, a spot where a lot of people didn't think the 49ers were even going to take Trubisky. But yet, the Bears moved up to do it. Ryan Pace, the general manager, young guy, going into his third year. Uh, he's kind of putting all his chips to the middle and saying, this is my guy. And for a day, for a night last night, Wolfgang, I actually got excited about my team, something that hadn't happened, uh, well, going all the way back to the draft. So I was excited last night. I was loving it. I was giggling. It was great. Your thoughts from an outside perspective, though? I mean, are we talking Super Bowl shuffle? We are the Bears' <laughs> Super Bowl. Are we going there? Are we going to the Super Bowl shuffle? Let's slow down. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010. Let's get to the playoffs I, first, and then we can start getting back to uh, the Super Bowl shuffle. That's true. But I finally found a player on the Bears that I like, and I can find a reason to root for. I've been looking for – I want to like the Bears because there's so many Bears fans in the community. It'd be fun you know, to go to the sports bars and the, you know, the place is packed out with Bears fans. That's fun to me. But, and I've loved Trubisky, and I don't understand why – I understand why some people are poo-pooing this. It's just a preseason game, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about the way he looked back there, the way he avoided the rush, his movement, his throws on the run, um, his confidence of the huddle, um, his arm strength is fantastic. I'm a guy that really doesn't get all that excited about uh, arm strength. You just have to have good enough arm strength. You look at the Tom Brady's, you look at the uh, Peyton Manning's. They didn't have elite arm strength like a Marino, like an Elway, um, or even Cutler or Jeff George or those guys. But he looked really good to me, absolutely really good to me. And I don't know if the Bears can be any good this year. I was looking up the defense and went to Pro Football Focus, and this is where I come to you as, as you as a Bears fan. Yeah, they they had the Bears ranked, I think, second worst in the NFL on their front seven on defense. That's not going to work. Are they that bad? They're young at spots, uh, but I like what they have at the outside positions, outside linebacker. Pernell McPhee went healthy pretty good. Lamar Houston on the other side, a couple of veterans over there. I, I don't think they're that bad. No, uh, Leonard Floyd, a rookie last year, he was dinged up, but I think there's at least some promise there. I wasn't in love with the pick. I think they're developing enough depth at the linebacker spots to run the 3-4. It's going to come down to how good that front three is, though. I, I think linebacker-wise, they're in good shape. To me, it's the front three. Uh, Hicks is decent. Goldman, there, there's still question marks there. I, I will go down that route. But I saw enough improvement last year. This is what Fox, this is his forte. John Fox, the head coach, you know, is building defenses in the mold. As they're making the transition over, there's a lot of excitement about a couple of the young guys they brought in in the draft. I, I, I think they're going to be all right there. I, I think Fox has it all right. I'm more concerned about the back four as, a, as opposed to the front seven. Really? Okay, yeah. they they disagreed. You know, we have we don't always just agree with Pro Football Focus, even though we love them yes. and they track all the stats and everything. But I just wonder if the Bears can do something and sneak into the playoffs this year. It'd be so much fun. Do you think they should start Trubisky? From what you saw yesterday, are you one of the guys that go, goes that? Who cares? That was nothing. Or did you like what you saw out of him? And you can take something from that. I personally. I'm not in the boat to hand him the keys game one. I I yeah. still think that there is a little bit more 
that needs to be worked through, figured out. It's a different game. Remember, he's doing this against second, third, and fourth teamers from the Broncos as he was going through for his big night. So, no, I'm not ready to go there. Trubisky, I, I liked what I saw, but I personally, hey, you paid Glennon, put him out there. He'll probably suck, and then when he start off one and four, then turn the keys over to Trubisky. Okay, so you're and your starter is getting fifteen million a year. Is that right? Uh, yeah, and it's like eighteen guaranteed, something like that that he has. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's so. Then, wait, this is uh, how many years is he under contract for? Do you know? Uh, well, it's it's a multi year deal, but it's the NFL. You know, you you can gut guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's gotcha. he has a very a deal that they can cut him pretty easily after the first year. There'll be a bit of a cap hit, but it's not a big uh, determining factor, at least overall going forward. But if Trubisky looks anything like in these next few preseason games, I mean, the excitement from Bears fans yes. on Twitter and mm-hmm. stuff like that, people texting me and guys who aren't even Bears fans that have always been looking for a, you know, a reason to like them, there's no way that they're going to be able to start Glennon over Trubisky if he keeps looking the way he's doing. I, I mean, there's going to be a riot. You know, did you see how excited? And I'm talking about, like, some journalists. Uh, who's the guy you used to have on with Marty McCaplin or yeah, his name yeah. David Kaplan? Yep. I mean, he was like, this is the most fun preseason game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And other other writers were even, you know, taking off the journalism hat for a second because the Bears have been down for a while and there's just been nothing to freaking to uh, to get excited about besides their Super Bowl run a long time ago, but against the Colts. But um, yeah, if they if they start Trubisky, count me in as a Bears fan. I'm telling you, the Vikings, I think, is my team to. If, and you told me they got their offensive line situated, right? Did you not tell me that? Well, they tried. They tried. The problem is already Riley Reef, former Iowa Hawkeye, uh, he's been dinged up, and he sat out nearly two weeks of camp. The backup line that last night for the Vikings was atrocious. It was really, really bad. Uh, reading reports, some of the young guys, Pat Eflin, who they uh, drafted from Ohio State, he struggled a couple of times. What they did, they went out, they brought in Riley Reef. they also brought in Mike Remmers to play the right tackle position. They fixed that, they still have Alex Boone inside, they still have Berger inside, a couple of guys, a couple of veteran guys. They worked to do it. The problem, much like last year, uh, people forget, you know, you, you just have that memory. When they got off to that, what, 5-0 and start last year, the offensive line was healthy at that time. But yes. when, when the offensive line went down, they had no depth. And over, even though they went out and tried to fix the starting of the offensive line, Depth-wise, I still think there's a big concern there if they do have an injury or two. Okay, I'll put you on the spot. You like the Packers to win it or, or the Vikings? Oh, the Packers. I'm, I'm still still on the Packers train, yeah. You're still on the Packers bandwagon there? Okay. Yeah. I'm going I'm to do some more homework. I may be on the Vikings bandwagon. We'll see. I was trying to like the Packers there for a while because I thought Aaron Rodgers was just one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. He actually does things I've never seen before. Just ridiculous stuff. But I just, I've heard too much about him. I, I can't stand the guy anymore, actually. So it's either Bears <laughs> or Vikings. I know that's terrible. But I, there is no Iowa NFL team. Right. Trent. There is no Iowa NBA team. We have, what am I supposed to do? I know you hate that about Jimmy B. You hate that about me. Because I don't have, there is no Iowa NFL team. So I look for players that I like. Right. I like this Trubisky guy now. I was liking Aaron Rodgers until I found out more about his personality. But, um, so it'll be a thing. I just can't. I can't find an NFL team, and I need to find one because you do not follow the NFL hard enough if you don't have a favorite team and/or if you don't gamble. The guys that gamble, 
they know a lot about sports. Or if you're in fantasy football, I mean, you could talk to them forever. Yeah. Because they know all these players. And, yeah, they're some of the most people, fun people to talk about because they're so into it. Because they're, they're putting their money down, Trent. Yeah. When you put your money down, you're, you're looking at every single coaching decision. You're looking at uh, who they drafted to fill a certain need and why did you draft that when you needed an offensive lineman. Why did you go defense when you're going to get your quarterback killed? So I've, I always love talking to the gamblers and, and the fantasy football people. But, um, yeah, give me give me some time to do a little homework, and I'm going to decide if I'm going to go with Green Bay or, or the Vikings. And I think we'll see if Chicago can make a huge jump because it would be so much fun here, just like what it is with the Bulls when the Bulls are relevant. And it's just more fun around here. Okay, so you're a Cubs fan? Yeah, I am, but okay. I, I'm not a huge baseball dude. Gotcha. So they're up, they're up two, right? Up two on no, uh, no on the one on the cards and two on Milwaukee. Yes, right? yes. So you got the Cubs. Now here's the decision that you have to make. I, I personally, I'm going to try to sell you on the T Wolves for your NBA team. Young team, exciting. Haven't been good forever. You can get cheap tickets up at the Target Center if you want to head up to a game in comparison to what it costs to get decent seats for a Bulls game, even when they're mediocre, which is pretty much all the time. So T Wolves jump on the bandwagon there. And then you have to make the decision. You got one Minnesota, you have one Chicago. Do you go to the Minnesota side and go with the Vikings? Do you go to the Chicago side and go with the Bears? And, and you could even tackle, go with a, a little hockey there. Maybe the Blackhawks slash Wild will be a determining factor uh, if you want to go down that route too. So let's make the decision here now. I, I'm not. I'm not letting you sit on the fence on. Wow, this one. you're making me do it right now. Let's, let's I mean, I'd it. like to look at the roster and see who's hurt. And like I'm, like you're saying, if if the Vikings. Offensive line is still struggling with injuries and everything. I'm not. I'm probably not going to go with them because they're going to get. They are going to get Sam Bradford killed. I felt so bad for him last year. It was ridiculous. He was getting killed, and he's not exactly put together well. But if I find <laughs> out that they that they built depth on the on the offensive line because they had so many injuries, they bring in Riley Reef. He finally gets a little more um, a little more healthy. Then I I think the Vikings, as good as they look for those first five games, they they look. Fan freaking fantastic, and I'm definitely going to go with Minnesota until my man Trubisky gets a PT. I'm not going to just sit here and root for the Chicago Bears and watch a team that sucks every week. They're not going to. They're not even going to. Okay, <laughs> then I'm going to have to go. With, I'm going to have to go with the Vikings now because I I don't want to sit through a season of you know five and whatever. You know, I just, yeah, they'll, that's they'll not be my thing. they'll be five and eleven. That's still where I am with the Bears. It's going to be fun to at least have hope for the future if this continues with Trubisky. But it's just that. Yeah, if you're looking for something for the here and now. Go on the Vikings bandwagon. And, and Wolfgang, you look good in purple. <laughs> you know what? I actually can't stand the color purple. I, oh. I can't stand it. Yeah, I, yeah. I look absolutely horrible. So if I go out and get a if I go out and get a Vikings jersey, it'll probably be a white one. Okay. I, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan of purple. Waukee, what are you thinking? Come on, Waukee is <laughs> the fastest growing community in the, the universe. And they, they, there's a lot of colors to pick from, okay? so You want to hear this? Yeah. My dad went to North. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. You know what North's colors were back in the 60s? Pink and green. Yes, you did that. Look at you, Trent. I can't, I can't stump you. I can't stump you with anything. You're not. You're not going to get that one by me. You look at the uh, uniforms at the boys' basketball team. They got a little hint to pink of them. Still, they still got a little bit of that in there. We need to. Okay, I want to do this now for anybody that from North that is listening. Yes. And our little point, point guard that we love over there. I want throwback basketball unis. Okay. I want to see him go with the pink and green, man. Wear it. Put out your chest. You know, buy into it. Because I think, I mean, I think that would be so cool, personally. The polar bears, they do. They they have a little pink in their uniforms. I'm looking. I'll be damned. Yeah, yeah. And when you get out there and call a game with me this year, you'll be able to see it. 
Get excited for that. <laughs> I will actually wear one. I want one now. If they'll throw some more pink in it and more green in it, I mean, go overboard on it. If you're gonna, I mean, if you're gonna do it, go overboard. None of hints. I don't want a little hint or a little uh, splash of it. I want some hardcore pink and green for the North Polar Bears, man. Because I want us. I'm going to be going to games, and yeah, if we do one this year, I'll obviously go to that, and and uh, that'll be fun as heck. But I think that's my team, man. I, I love watching that little point guard. So. I'll be seeing more, definitely more than one game. I'll probably go to three or four. Yeah, Tyreek LaCour, and that's a, a guy that we'll be talking about certainly also in the recruiting world coming up a lot more when we get to basketball season. Wolfgang, uh, from that little NFL talk, oh, one more. And so if you're going to get a Vikings jersey, you're going to go down that road. What jersey are you going to get? All right, here's your options. Okay. not going to make you choose between Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford. You don't want to go that route. All right, do you want to go? Dalvin Cook, who looked pretty good last night, even with the uh, offensive line minus Riley Reef, looked good catching passes out of the backfield, the rookie from Florida State. You can go with him, maybe a Stephon Diggs. You want to go with the wide receiver. You go defensively, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes. Which one do you like in here? What's the jersey that gets you excited if you're going to shell out a, a C-note to get yourself a new Vikings white jersey? I mean, I can't even believe you have to ask me this. I'm going to be the one guy there with an offensive lineman's jersey. <laughs> Riley Reef, former Hawkeye. Right. Who are you talking to, Trent? Did all you right. forget? Did you did you fall asleep or something? I'm like, come on, you know me. So I'll either go with Riley Reef, or, or our family has an Oklahoma background, and I like Sam Bradford. I know he's not the greatest quarterback out there, but I also think he's gotten a completely raw deal and hasn't had a freaking chance to even shine. Um, a little bit too much dink and dunk stuff for me. But if they can get the offensive line solidified, I'm going to be the one walking around in a white, not purple, mm-hmm. okay, a white. And some people are probably saying, no, you're not a true Vikings fan if you're not wearing purple. Fine. I'm not a true I'm not a true Vikings fan, obviously, if I'm just now trying to figure out my favorite team. But I've been without a favorite team since Bob Sanders retired, and I need one. And this is the year it happens. I uh, just Googled Riley Reef Vikings jersey. And comes up, there are some out there, uh, but one of the first ones that popped up was a Riley Reef white Vikings jersey. Not with the purple trim, though, with the pink trim for the ladies. You like pink, Wolfgang. There you go. <laughs> I should wear a... Uh, I'm, I should I'm sending wear this a, to you right now. <laughs> I actually have a pink shirt, a pink button-down. I wore it the other day, and I went... If you'd have told me five years ago I would have wear a pink shirt, I would have shot myself in the head. I don't know what's gotten gotten into me if I'm some metrosexual now or what, but I I kind of liked it actually. So maybe I will by the woman's. There should be no difference between the women's and the men. The women don't own pink, okay? Uh-huh. I like pink now, so I'm, I may get a Riley Reef woman's jersey. What number is he again? Seventy one. Good number. Good number. I like it. I like it. I think I'd look good in that. And I'd catch a lot of hell. <laughs> I just emailed that to you. Get a chuckle when, uh, when you open that up when you see the email later today. Uh, good stuff there, Wolfgang. Well, we are uh, running a little bit short on time. A few minutes left, but tomorrow is Kids Day over at Kinnick Stadium. A chance to see the Hawkeyes in action. We rarely learn a whole lot about what's happening over there, but you know, some questions. Is there been any separation at the quarterback spot how you're going to be divvying up minutes at the running back spot what they do there you know uh off a uh, wide receiver position who's stepped forward defensively how are they rotating through on the defensive line plenty of question marks what 
What's the one thing that you look at that you uh, are looking forward to seeing tomorrow over at Kinnick? The, the obvious one is, yeah, the, the quarterback situation. We have to see somebody that steps up. Um, I don't want split, you know, split, uh, not carries, but uh, reps in, in practice between Uyghurs and uh, Stanley. Stanley's my guy, and I'm only going by a high school tape. It's nothing, obviously, I've really seen from him in college that I can say, oh, yes, Stanley is better. I'm just going by what I saw um, in his high school, and the fact that we got him from Wisconsin makes me like him even more. That's the easy one, and then you know who I'm going to be looking at, Max Cooper. Mm. That's my man. I'm going to be looking at him to see how, how much stride he's made. Is he What kind of route runner is he? Because I love the way he ran routes. He looked fast to me. Um, and he was the one true freshman that I, I think they mentioned uh, when they were mentioning wide receivers. So maybe he'll even pass surpass the Mississippi kid that everybody was saying was the guy that's going to get reps. It's still early, um, but I, we have to watch the wide receiver position. We have to yeah. see the young guys, what kind of routes are they running. I want to see Vandenberg. Is he still pussyfooting around, worried about his knee? Which, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You know, he's totally had to redo how he runs routes. So, you know, is he going to be the same player? Um, but if he's even somewhere close, that gives us one guy that we know that Iowa knows is a Big Ten wide receiver. And then if you find a couple more, and then our boy TJ Hawkinson, I want to watch him. Um, you said he's up to second right behind Fant. Is that right? Uh, well, they listed two starting tight ends. Hawkinson was listed as the other starter and on, on the other side from uh, to, from Noah Font. What One thing I saw with Font, too, I, I read this, I think, yesterday is he's been practicing really well. Uh, they are incredibly excited about him. To me, the still question remains, after watching him during the spring, is the blocking ability. How far has he come adding strength? But, but as a receiver, as a tight end nightmare, in a, as a matchup, it sounds like he is doing a great job. Now, you can say, well, that means the linebackers and safeties are struggling. You can play that game too. But, but from yeah. what I've heard, he has been very difficult to stop at that tight end position. And, and hopefully a return to a few tight end seam routes, maybe a post route down the field 15 yards in against cover two and cover four looks. Boy, would that be fun to see. Yes, I can't wait to see if we get creative on offense because we're going to have to. And then, like you said, adding the uh, running back transfer, Butler, that's going to be huge. I love him. And I love Akron Wadley, obviously. I've been his biggest fan since day one, even when he was fumbling. I'm like, well, he'll figure it out. But I understand why Kirk couldn't play him when he's fumbling in practice. But mm-hmm. it just seems, and I love Kirk, but it seems like he is very, if, if one running back fumbles, it's it's not a huge deal. If another running back fumbles, it's you're out for four games. And I'm sure part of that is because one of them is fumbling in practice, one of them isn't. But there's also guys, when the lights are on, some guys, just shine, some don't. And Akram Wadley was one of those guys, and it was obvious to anybody that, that watched it. And if we can get him the ball more in the passing game, boom, we can get Butler more of the, the ball in the passing game. I think I'm talking us into. I think I'm talking us into maybe a, a fun season here. It's it's a game that I have gone back and forth for, with throughout this season, Wolfgang. Throughout this uh, summertime, every time we talk Iowa football, I go from looking at the schedule trying to find, you know, six, seven wins, and then and the other side. And there are things that you can talk yourself into it. And, and as I try to look at it objectively and I take off my black and gold glasses and try to do that, the schedule is incredibly difficult. There, there are so That's many hard. trap games throughout this, this slate. And, you know, the people that are automatically putting a win down against Iowa State, I, I don't think you can do that. Against Michigan State, 
Michigan State, yeah, they're three and nine, and the wheels came off last year. You remember late in the year though, they had Ohio State on the ropes. You know, they lost that game by a single point against the Buckeyes. We know how talented they are, and Michigan State still has talent, and it's a road game at Northwestern, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, home games with Penn State and Ohio State. I just keep coming back to that schedule and and left wondering, can they be more than a 7-5 and five team? I, I can see it. I can see them certainly. I think they'll be a bowl team. But how do they get to that next tier up, that next step forward? How do they get there? That's the question that I continue coming back to and wondering just how is that going to happen? And I will be I absolutely irate if I – it's happened too many times. I did the math and wrote an article two years ago for Hawkeye Nation about how we start off and how many years we've actually gone undefeated in the, uh, in the non-con, and it's just kind of pathetic. Mm-hmm. I want to see an undefeated team coming out of non-con, okay? I don't want to see a loss to Iowa State. I don't want somehow Wyoming, which I just don't believe we're going to lose. I was going to lose to them. But it's happened before. It, it'll happen again. And I want to see an undefeated non-conference schedule going into Big Ten play. And you bring up Michigan State. Yes, they have talent. They don't have very many returning starters back, if I remember correctly. But he's an awesome coach, even though I can't stand the guy. Um, so hopefully Michigan State isn't one of those teams that, teams that jump up that a lot of people are not are not picking. I mean, and I, I was just looking at Phil Steele. Phil Steele's got Iowa fifth in the Big Ten West. I'm like, oh, jeez. If that's... Anyway, and he mentioned the schedule like you did, so that's fair. So I'm going to WNL it and give you my opinion. I I do not want six and six. Okay, mm-hmm. unacceptable. But seven and five, I could probably live with. Eight and four, let's do eight and four. How about that? Well, if we're being greedy, how about they just go? Uh, oh, I don't know, ten and two, play the Big Ten championship <laughs> game again, maybe a return trip to the Rose Bowl. If, if we're getting greedy, let's get real greedy here, Wolfgang. And you got to be lucky. Iowa has to be lucky. They have to keep certain people at certain positions healthy because some are, you know, obviously tied in. We got plenty of them. Running backs, we got plenty of them. But uh, they've got to stay healthy. And that's—I know—that's a stupid thing. Obvious. That's an obvious thing to say. But you do. And Iowa more than more than most. It's just Iowa has to stay healthy. We're not Michigan. We're not Ohio State. Where we just reload. We have to build them up. Um, and especially on the D line, I think we need to stay interior defensive line, and I hear Epinesa. Did you hear that? He was playing a little bit some snaps with the first team. Yes, yes, he's out Ooh, there. That makes me feel good. Playing defensive tackle a little bit. They've been mixing him in. It, it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, question marks, but an exciting time, certainly, in the world of Hawkeyes. Wolfgang, I'm going to let you go with this. So our Friday fun topic for today, and uh, next week maybe we'll tackle this a little bit more when we have some more time. We were mm-hmm. talking about, it started yesterday, and there was a tweet about you know the one that got away in recruiting for your favorite college basketball team, college football team, the one that got away. You know, the the big one for me growing up, I was a, a youngster in high school at the time, was Rafe LaFrance. And you remember how that went oh, and, and how that all went down and, and MFL Marmack, his squad. It's There's that side of it. Nick Collison, Tyler Eulis here in recent days. Oh. Who is the ultimate, for you as a Hawkeye fan, the recruiting what-if? Those guys aside, even taking the locals away, is there a guy back when you followed recruiting a little more closely that you were in love with that you are disappointed the Hawkeyes weren't able to nab? Yeah, obviously the ones that people are going to throw out is Rafe and Collison. Um, I'm trying to think of the team we had back then. Obviously we've gotten all these guys. A Heinrich, look out. Why couldn't we have done what Kansas did? Mm-hmm. I'll throw, let me throw two out there. Tyler Eulis, man, did I want him bad. He was so much fun to watch. 
But maybe more than that, and I'm having a brain fart, we brought him up last week, the Notre Dame kid that's number four in points, number four in assists, that would have helped. Yes, so we didn't have to have Pierre Pierce as a point guard. He wasn't a point guard. He wasn't a pass guy first. Um, Obviously, you know, the trouble with the law and stuff like that, that didn't help. But there was so much talent on that team, and we were a, Iowa was a true point guard away from being a freak of a team. Instead, they just absolutely fell apart. And I think if you had a leadership guy, a point guard, a pass first, but could score like a mother too, mm-hmm. I, I think I might go with him. It's a good one. And, and a ultimate what if in terms of recruiting on that one. Wolfgang, good stuff out of you, my man. We'll talk again next week. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Thanks, Trent. See you. That's Wolfgang. You can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. And that completes the show for today. We're out of time. Weekend starting up, getting ready for a good one. Make your way to the fair, stay safe, and maybe even stop by the Cumulus booth. Maybe you'll see me uh, bumping around out there. We're uh, yeah, probably going to hit the fair up, it looks like, maybe on Sunday, if not Monday night. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the fair. Don't get in trouble tonight, east side night. Be careful out there. Slug your beers, stay out of trouble, and we'll talk again on Monday here on the Big Talker 1700.